mega faggot. That sound indicates that we have started the 3T RPG podcasts. My name is Harrison Hunt, and with me is James Clark. Hello, good day. And of course, we got Sean Hunt. Alright, what's going on? The big. Right, uh, if you are bored by the behind the scenes stuff, you know, fast forward it a bit. But uh, no, I'm not talking about that stuff just then. Right. I have crippling depression. If you can't tell, I've got my little sampler board out today. Um, <laughs> so you can expect laughs like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, James, if you could just give us one very hearty fuck you bloody, and that will indicate that we're starting some behind the scenes chat because yeah. we need to tell the uh, the listeners what's going on. Okay. Fuck your bloody! So, um, when uh, just fast forward until you hear that sound again, and uh, you'll know. But basically, just wanted to tell everyone out there, Nick is no longer with us. Jobless. Jobless. For reasons that we are not going to talk about. But uh, Artistic differences. Artistic, yeah. He wanted to take it in a strange new direction. Uh, yeah, he you know, sort of wanted to go down the U2 kind of vibes. Like the it rare sort of thing, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a bit, yeah, it's yeah, a bit yeah. bono, you know. So, um, yeah, he's not going to be on the podcast anymore. Uh, he might come back at some point, uh, but we don't know. Uh, basically, he moved away, and uh, he can't actually keep this up, um, which he didn't know. No, not saying anything. Um, but, yeah, so that's it. For now, we're going we're gonna to have, by popular demand, Sean is joining the show. Yes. Sean, there, we've got a three-strike method, right? Okay. If you do one thing wrong, that's three strikes and you're out. And you've already done two in the. Uh, I felt like you know, during the warm up in, in the setup, Sean bought a headphones that had the far too short a lead. Yeah. It also turned up you didn't even bring Monster Energies for us this time. That we, I was very clear I, about that. I did ask you, and you declined like yesterday, isn't it? Yeah, but you, you asked between not me. Oh, well, you that's what that was what oh. I was referring to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See, yeah. two strikes. Oh, that's a two strikes. So if you do one more thing that annoys me in any way, even if it's not related to the podcast, can I? <laughs> can you're I, fired, like Nick. That's what he did. Can I have ten more strikes if that's all right? Because like I feel like the last. Do you episode, donate on Patreon? I used to. Right. Well, no, then no. Um, I need to redo that. But now I'm on the podcast. I don't. That seems a bit. Seems a bit arrogant. I donate. donate. <laughs> I happen to be the only donator. <laughs> oh, I did for a very long time. Yeah. What? You I mean did. you stopped? I think so. Right, two strikes. Fucking hell. You know. Yeah, me and James are the two strike brothers, isn't it? I Sorry. have crippling depression. <laughs> Sorry. That I'm going to play that sound whenever I want you to shut up for a minute. So this is a podcast all about tabletop RPGs, and we've got a show and a half for you today because we're going to talk about what we've been playing and the what you say in segment, and we're going to do the main subject, which is the Monty Python RPG will be shit, and I can prove it. Uh, then we're going to do a freestyle challenge. Where me and Sean are going to battle freestyles and James is going to judge them. And then, of course, we're going to do your electro letters. Shall we get on to what we've been slaying? I think it's it's probably best, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck? And I've one of these. Oi, yeah? What you slaying? So, uh, we've been playing Savage Pathfinder uh, more and more. This is we talk, we've been playing this game for like seventeen sessions, sixteen sessions now. Yeah, about that. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a tasty boy. It is a tasty boy, and um, we've been yeah we've been playing this. It's a mashup between Savage Worlds and Pathfinder, and if you can believe such a thing, 
it's really good. I'd say it's actually um, it's it's like miles better than Pathfinder. Yeah, very it's, much. They've uh, all the creases that existed are completely gone in this version. So if you are a PF lover, then then check this out. Yeah, good idea. Um, well, because see, I feel like it's got the simplicity and ease of use of Savage Worlds, but it still emulates the feel of Pathfinder. Well, it's got the brutality. Yeah, is much much better. It's like high level heroic epic shit. Oh, definitely. I mean, just to give an example, last game, right? So we we've bought an airship, but it's more like an air caravan because that was all we could afford. Yeah. And uh, we got attacked by rocks, and I don't mean Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> That's going to get annoying fast. So uh, yeah, we got attacked by giant birds essentially. And um, when one of them was left, James's character, who's a dwarf barbarian called Ruddles, he jumped off the edge onto the back of one of them and killed it by slamming his flail into the back of it. And then as he descended, I used uh, elemental manipulation to push him one square upwards, slowing his descent, whereupon the wizard of the team made a ramp using his protection spell to slide Ruddles gently back onto the caravan. Although your athletics roll was so good, you actually didn't need this slide, but it yeah. did save half of my swarm of frogs, frogs yeah. that I use as my pet. Well, I, I just said um, it was the last phone. and I thought, you know what, I've been steering the ship or the boat or however you want to uh, call it, the caravan in the sky. Um, and I was boat. like, I'm going to do a daring act. And then Sean's like, right, you get a Benny if it, if, it, if it pops off. I feel like you risked your life to such an extent where you deserve two bennies, but Sean is very stingy. No, um, no. well, I gave you one Benny, and then you get a Benny for winning like a tough battle anyway. So it's like, you, you did in the end, you got two Bennies. That's yeah, fair. no, but I got one Benny for the thing. Because cause Sean dished out the Benny each I mean, to... Yeah, 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 at the end of the battle, he's Harrison. like, right, everyone gets a battle, for, everyone gets a battle, everyone like, gets a Benny. I was like, what? That kind of poo-poos what I just did, Sean. Yeah, and so then you he, were saying that his... he gave me another Benny, like, out of pity. Yeah, that's fair. But oh, no, he was yeah. essentially saying that your cool move was equivalent to everyone else's average moves. No, no, it's well, I should have gave James two Strike Bennies. three! Oh, no. Oh, he's out. Give him a... Better get my hat and coat then. Shut up, shut up. So, um, yeah, the the plot of it is that uh, there is evil seeping into the world and it is seeping into all of the uh, uh, elemental crystals that hold the world together and we have to go about saving them because we are fated heroes of light. Yes, um, man. At the moment, we uh, James is the only surviving first character. I'm playing my previous character's son and then we've got a wizard called Henuri. Um which is a bit of an in-joke, but anyway. Uh, yeah, we just we, we went to a dungeon just recently. We've saved a lot of the crystals so far, but the last mm. episode, we're doing the dark crystal, so we have to Traverse go through... the dungeon, basically, didn't we? Yeah, it was like a classic dungeon, but it was fun as shit. And it, it, was, uh, it was incredible. Really lots of good puzzles and stuff in there, and uh, a lot of good fights as well. And we sucked off a beholder. Yes, <laughs> literally did. Well, that could have gone really, really a lot worse, because... Uh, Basically, there was a... Oh, because Beholders are uh, 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 deadly. Beholders are deadly. It was a tiny room. That's a pretty hot take there, Sean. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, they uh, did a sneak to get this tube down that sucked it in and, like, spat it out and, like, basically, like, it probably didn't even kill it. Like, that's how bad Beholders are. But so it was essentially, the puzzle was try and get past this Beholder without being killed instantly. Yeah. There, was one, there was one... Uh, way to solve the puzzle which was activate the switch fortunately um all of our roles during this dungeon crawl was uh they they were incredible 
They were absolutely amazing. Apart Yours definitely. The... I don't think you failed a single roll all night. No, I've got a crit fail on the uh, the, the the boating, which is why we That's had right. the really fierce battle that we dispatched in seconds. Yeah, because we. Were... <laughs> 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 it was funny though, because like the previous session, we thought uh, Sean was like, right, I'm rolling on the table for air encounters here, and we fought a bunch of air elementals and uh, like three lessers, one greater. And yeah. as we were fighting them, Sean was like, yeah, that was one of the easiest ones from the list. And we almost died. Like, yeah. definitely almost. So when, when you crit failed and he's like then picking from the list of ones that were really hard and he was like, right, there's four rocks. We were like, fuck yeah, no, we're going to die. But then we actually smashed it. Yeah. But it was, it was a combination of exploded dice, a bit of luck, great strategy, the fact that we have a cannon on the boat, the fact that we've got a fourth party member now uh, who's called Baldur's Gay. Right, his, his name is Alan Baldrick, but he's but, uh, but he happens to be gay, and so we nicknamed him Baldur's Gay. No, his nickname is from his past. We did a flashback, remember? Yeah, I know, but we came up with it during the oh, flashback. Oh, I see. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are right. It's his backstory. But he's yeah, at, so he, technically not us. Hey, wink, wink. Yeah, that was technically you then, Sean. You bloody homophone. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Um, yeah. No, but it's okay because you are gay. And we love should, you for it. Should, should, you uh, shouldn't be any other way. Call, you should call me Mister. What should I call you, Mister? No, but why are you gay, though? Uh, you are gay. Yes. No, you <laughs> are gay. Uh, Classic. But yeah, um, let's reference some other ten-year-old memes. Oh, I can't oh believe maybe you've done a triple. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, there's nothing much more interesting. It was very, very fun to play. Obviously, because we're playing high-level epic shit. Dungeon was very hard. We got down. It was three levels, and we did our own mapping and stuff. It was a lot of fun, but it's nothing that interesting to say about it, really. I think, uh, yeah, it was your classic jun- dungeon fair, um, like because I wanted it to be, because I wanted to like mix it up, give it like. Well, in fairness, was... you haven't really done anything that normal throughout this entire campaign but even still the dungeon itself was a lot of fun with a lot of really treacherous puzzles including one that involves swimming down very very far well that's the one i was going to mention because you had like a hundred hundred foot swim down vertically down uh and you had to get to down and press a button button at the bottom to release the water so that the others could slide down uh, yeah. so use your water skin to like put a bit of air in you and then when you're at the bottom used elemental manipulation to get like a bubble and eat it like sonic <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i mean that is a bit ridiculous but then so is so is pathfinder but, in general but it's, it's a bit m- over the top it's <laughs> my it's like mild <laughs> elemental manipulation and that is very much that yeah so, I mean that spell is very good. It's quite funny, like when we when we're playing because it's Sean's campaign. There's so many sort of in references to like video games and TV shows and animes, and then it only takes. Uh, mostly Harrison notices them because obviously they're brothers, and it's it's really funny. He goes, oh yeah, so is this foe sort of like look like this, and then it's basically that, and then Sean's face. But the way up. the way Sean says it is like everyone should know. Like there was one point where I remember somebody hit somebody, and in Sean's head he was thinking that's like a bit in Way of the Samurai Three the ps2 game when somebody gets hit right and all he did was just go and do a little gesture and i was like that's what you're trying that's how you're going to communicate that and actually right i've got another bloody bone to pick with you because what happened when we got to level three 
Sure, we got there, right? And obviously what you usually do is you do, you describe the immediate surroundings. You go, right, this right is now. what you see. What do you want to do? Sean just said, right, you get to level three. Do you want to do any uh, notes, Ross? See well, what you see? <laughs> and we were like, well, why don't you describe what's going on oh, first? Sorry, our eyes shut. Well, yeah, you could, well, you could have noticed the door to the west and the north. I should have probably said that, really, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have not noticed unless your eyes were closed. Like <laughs> yeah, but at the time, <laughs> yeah, it was very, it was very funny. And and uh, we were just like, what do what, right, what, so what do we see? And Sean looked really embarrassed. Like, oh yeah, I made a meme on our fucking Facebook group. That was like the first thing you see when you're in a level three, and it was just pure white. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's very good. Savage Pathfinder, check it out if you haven't, because it is wicked. I'd say I prefer it to five E, really, because I was. Thinking- I do too. Because yeah. I, was, I was thinking about maybe, or, and Pathfinder as well. Yeah. But it's like, I was thinking about like maybe going and play it running, or like someone running a 5e game. And then I was like, no, nah, I might as well just play Savage Pathfinder. It basically makes it irrelevant, yeah. I mean, for the high-level epic shit, it emulates D&D and has none of the baggage. You know, so. I'm, really, I'm really pleased that it got created because obviously my first love was Pathfinder. Yeah, exactly. And then that got shit in the bin because I learned about more, more <laughs> yeah. like uh, systems and getting all that stuff. Uh, but now it's uh, reigniting it, and I think this has taken top place again. But it's I'm, now Savage Pathfinder. Yeah, because it's always both our favourite things. Yeah, classic s- fantasy. It's fucking Savage Worlds. Sorry, no. I was going to say, like, if you're a bit light on money, I'd just say get the core book, and then you can. Uh, basically use the monsters from the main book there's you can use savage worlds you can use the monster uh, monsters from savage worlds there's also savage free uh, bestiary online which is uh, huge and quite expansive as well you could use that that's a good tip that's a good tip uh however the other books are quite good though the other books are really one thing worth noting is that savage pathfinder is its own rule book in its entirety, so you don't yeah. need Savage Worlds Adventure. You don't, yeah. If you don't own Savage Worlds at all, just just grab grab the PF. Yes, version. and also if you just Google it, you can find uh, some mega upload sites where somebody's kindly put it on there for free. Probably Shane Hensley, so it's all right to download. Yeah, you can peruse it and uh, and see if whether or not you want to purchase it. You know, and by that we mean print it off at work. Yeah, using up their ink, their resources. If, yep. if, if you don't have any money, I would say do that. But uh, Even pro- if you do have money and you just I, don't want to pay. I you think, know what you should do, right? Contemplate buying it, but then give us the money instead for this tip. Give, uh, yeah, exactly. And then print it <laughs> off at work. No, no, but I want it to be a successful product. Actually, it already is. So <laughs> it probably already go is. Go ahead. So, yeah, do, you know, pirate it if you want. Although, <laughs> legally, we can't say that we're advocating piracy, so don't do that. No, um, but when we say pirate, we just mean dress uh, up. And which we dress up code. as a pirate, uh, go to your local store, buy it. Run like a wanker. I have to Savage Pathfinder. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is a pirate's favourite letter? Uh, uh, R. Uh, you'd think it'd be R, but no, it'd be the C. <laughs> So um, uh, next up, uh, we went we went out to London yesterday, didn't we, Sean? Yeah. Oh yeah. We was did. it nice time? It was it was, it was it was a lovely day out, and uh, we managed to like swing by the Orcs Nest on Tottenham Court Road. Well, near Tottenham Court. We Road. did. I, I've got to be honest. I was ever so slightly disappointed because it is very small, and they do have quite a limited selection. They had some good stuff in there. They had some really cool stuff in there. They had index card RPG, a lot of uh, modules for Morkborg, and then I and then I see the Holy Grail sitting on the shelf there. 
the uh, Temple of Elemental Evil Goodman Games double book box set. Ooh. I pick it up and I'm like, right, that's a definite buy. Look at the price. 85 quid. Put that back. Yeah, put it right back. I was really, <laughs> I was really, really kind of gutted because I know the other sites sell it for 75. And I did say if it was that, I might have gone through it, right? But 85 is just a little bit too much. Why is it a tenner in person? An extra tenner in person? That's what I don't understand because I found it... Uh, I looked on Forbidden Planet's website because mm. we went there as well and I'll talk about that in a minute but I looked it up on there and yeah it was 85 in store 75 online what? what the fuck is that all about the only thing is I can think is that, that maybe they've got it in a warehouse somewhere and the prices are different for each store but yeah but weirdly in Forbidden Planet they had a fairly decent RPG selection not amazing a lot of 5e stuff but, um, sorry, for those that don't know, Forbidden Planet is like a quote-unquote geek store. But I was just looking at the comics, and I just came across this, right? Japanese RPG that's been translated into English called Konosuba God's Blessing on This Wonderful World TRPG. Oh, mate, I'm looking forward to playing this. So, I pick, yeah, well, I picked it up because, you know, I like anime shit. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weeb. I don't actually like watching anime very much, but I do, uh, but I am he, still a weeb. He's an otaku, mate. You're not know a weeb. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sugoi. Sugoini well, Weaver. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd probably say you are a weeb, unfortunately, because you have a kimono and you sort of wear it. It looks comfortable. Uh, it's a yukata, so suck it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I hate myself. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, this this thing, I, I bought it sight unseen because it was actually only £16, but, like... The thing is, I didn't know what it was, but I just saw obscure Japanese RPG and I picked it up. Uh, it turns out it's based on an anime of the same name, Connor Super God's Blessing on This Wonderful World. And it, it, it is one of those animes where a bloke gets transported from Tokyo into a fantasy world. Nice. Uh, however, it was originally a visual novel as well. No, it wasn't. It was a light novel. But uh, then... Uh, yeah, it was. And uh, anyway, so then... Um, that's it. You're fired. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. But so I watched a bit of it last night, and it is it is sort of a deconstruction of that genre, like poking fun of it, basically. And the premise of it is that basic all, all worlds, including fictional ones, um, they do exist somewhere in a universe, right? So this guy gets hit by a tractor, dying in like the <laughs> shittest way possible. Tractor. Yeah, and 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 actually, he's uh, when he dies, he goes into this room. He's speaking to this god, and she takes the piss out of him because he died in such a shit oh, way. Oh, good. Okay. And he was trying nice. to save this girl, but then the god speaks to him. She's like, "No, she would have survived it. Actually, it's a miracle that you died." But he died of shock because he thought it was a truck. It's fucking stupid. Like it's really okay. Stupid. No, that's good. I like the fact that they've, um, you know, they've pounded to the silly death and stuff. Yeah, it's it, honestly, it is actually funny. It's very childish, but it is funny. And um, yeah, so so the, the, this woman says like, okay, you died. You can either go to hell right now, and and let's be honest, it's not going to be very nice. But um, alternatively, that MMORPG that's come out recently, there's not many players, and so we need more people there to go and save the world from the Devil King. So you can you can choose that or go to hell. So he chooses to go into why, the game. Why hell? Not heaven. Well, I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, so so he chooses that. But he can bring one thing with him into this game world, right? And so he picks her, the goddess, so that he can have an easy time of it. And she's like, oh shit, I hate this. And 
the the actual first episode of the anime it really mimics the average RuneScape like new players thing. Like he's begging for money, like just digging holes, building fences, like this type of shit. And it's actually really funny. I enjoyed it. I'm gonna have to watch this, you know. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. It's on Crunchyroll, but it's also on YouTube for free for some reason from nice. Crunchyroll. So, but yeah, this book um, it includes uh, some replays, which is like accounts of a game. It's got all of the characters from the anime started. And then, of course, like, it's, um, yeah, you play in the MMORPG world. Have a look at this book, James. It's very lovely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a nice setting. It's I think it's a good uh, game for something less serious. Um, I don't actually know the system yet. I've just had a flip through and watched the anime last night. But, yeah, I watched the anime whilst drinking a can of uh, Japanese... Uh, whiskey highball and I felt like the biggest weeb on the planet oh man that's actually that's wicked yeah it was a good it was a good night yeah it's cool it was a good little find uh, it's it's quite nice Um, it seems seems like there's a lot of content in here yeah it's quite thick yeah but it's nice as well because it's a small sort of manga sized book as well which I like I I like it's got a um, a quick start um, section and a big tip on how to read the character sheet that's cool. That's um, it's quite nice. They've like put a little image and then numbered it, and then tells you what. Oh, nice! What. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's probably like a starting adventure in there and stuff like that. It's it? got all sorts. It's good, man. It's it's a very. It was a nice little find, and I. It was weird because it was just um amongst a bunch of other products, like where they only had like one of each thing, and it was like. This yeah, it wasn't go even soon. in the RPG section. No, it wasn't. So oh. I'm I'm well chuffed. I found it. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean that was that was pretty good. It was it was nice. Uh, we didn't get to go to Leisure Games because it was too far away from where we went. But yeah, it's good ages times. thirteen and up. Ah, oh. so uh, I can't I can't watch it. No, James is actually only twelve. There you go. I'm gonna take a snap of it so I remember what to. Okay, this is good radio. A what? <laughs> oh what? I'm excited about. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, well, one I, one thing to report from yesterday though is I think Sean is Jesse's favourite uncle. Oh fuck off! <laughs> he is. No, I'm joking. No, he's, definitely he's real is. Blood. <laughs> no, but you're no, you're real blood. You're quite no, real blood. We're just not <laughs> exactly. that related technically. However, um, yeah, he likes Sean probably better than he likes me. Oh, that's savage. <laughs> that's <laughs> why I'm. That's that. why you got strike three, Sean. You're out. Um, thanks well, for coming. I feel like if he Have saw nice saw me all the time. He like, would hate you. Yeah, because oh, yeah, I see you yeah. all the time. Yeah, and we hate you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thing I want to talk about, uh, just just very briefly, the video game Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, it's, yeah, it's an RPG. I'll allow it. It's an RPG? Fuck you. I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, you got too much dip on your chip. So, um, yeah, this <laughs> this game is uh, it's a PS4 and PS5 game. There is a RPG set in the modern day about Japanese Yakuza, or sort of. The main character is an ex-Yakuza, and uh, he becomes homeless and stuff like this. But the reason I think it's worth a play is, A, because it does the really serious bits really well, the emotional bits really well, and the comedy is off the hook. Um, I mean, I, I was uh, telling James that there was a there's a side quest in it where you visit this bloke's cinema, and because it's such a comfy environment, you have to stop yourself from falling asleep to not hurt the bloke's feelings. That's there's a Pac-Man is. minigame where you collect cans to sell them for cash. Like, it's, it's nuts. But the thing is, what they do is... 
I think that let's say for example you're running wise guys right there is a chance that you might think that the enemies might get boring because they are all people right and in Yakuza Like a Dragon they're all people but they have used so many different archetypes and clever moves to make it fun like for example you might be walking along the street you'll fight some Yakuza right but then you might fight uh, what's some other good examples there was one like there's like kung fu guys uh, there's chefs there's uh, fashionistas yeah there's a, a ro- robber like a car car robber called an automobile like the names are just really funny um, but then all of their abilities pertain to what they do so like the chef can use uh, they've got magic quote unquote magic but Maybe they'll use uh, like a blowtorch to set you on fire, or but, throw a plate at you, or whatever. That's weird. But like the enemies, there's so much so. variation in enemy. There's was one. There's a homeless guy who's sleeping in a bin bag, and his head comes out the top, and his legs come out the bottom, but his <laughs> arms are still inside. Pseudo. And all, of, and all of his attacks are kicks. Pseudo trash. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what it's, they're called. Pseudo trash. And there's um, hungry, hungry homeless who are mages, but instead of a staff, they've got an umbrella that they hold upside down, so it looks like a staff. They're all rooted in uh, sort of JRPG sort of thing. Tropes, well. but they they but then they sort of adapted into the modern day, and it's like the variance in enemies and what they can do is brilliant. And then it sort of made me think that maybe. Uh, arcane backgrounds in Wise Guys would be a good idea but if you had to trap each spell so that it was a real world thing so one of the main characters this guy called Nanbe he's a homeless guy and he does magic And but one of his spells is that he just throws a bunch of seed at you and then pigeons attack you but that would be a good trapping for like the burst power in Savage Worlds for example well to be fair I, I did um, your characters joined your party recently in Savage Pathfinder I was kind of inspired by Yakuza for that um, yeah, because he's an engineer, but all uh, but he's technically the wizard class. He's a sorcerer class, yeah. So, but all of his all of his attacks, like he's got a tool bag that he throws stuff out. He can give you a builder's lunch, which uh, can heal fatigue or make you ignore one wound, like shit like this. But it's, uh, but anyway, Yakuza like a dragon is well worth playing for that reason. If you need inspiration for interesting encounters, cool enemies, and things like this, it is a really really good game. That's fun. One of the best, I'd say. It really is. If you're looking for a really good JRPG, you probably haven't played one since Persona 5. I'd pick this up. What what, what platforms are, is it on? Uh, PS3 and PS5. PS4 and PS5. And Steam as well. And Steam. Yeah. Ah. Sadly not on Switch, because like, the Switch would explode, I think. I mean, it struggles. It, well, it doesn't struggle, it struggles. but you can tell that they've had to... Uh, make it work on PS4. I uh, mean, it's good, because yeah. it's, it's a huge game. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's I really do great. have to turn it up because, um, like, yeah, the PS4 is like trying to burn all the roaches and stuff. Like, it's very loud, my PS4. So I have to. Why t- have you got roaches in your room? No, I'm, P- I'm in my PS4. Cause, like, uh, cockroaches. You've got cockroaches in your PS4. What are you talking about? It was sort of a joke about how much t- dust I got in my PS4, and then it like, and then also like the game. Sean like, recently, like, no, PS4 right? Shut chugging. up! Shut up! Sean recently bought a Steam Deck, right? That was only like a week ago, and you're like, oh, I don't use a PS4 anymore. PC Master Race hashtag. <laughs> well, I prefer to play. <laughs> so when you converted him, yeah. No. I do no. I just still use my PS4 for Netflix and that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you're such a fucking. You're such a cunt. You've only been in the PC Master Race a week, man. Hell yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, shut up. Next bit. Uh, that's not very good, is it? Should we do the main subject? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah please. Uh, <laughs> shut up, next bit. Next bit. Main. Subject. Magic. Main. Subject. Tokyo. Main. Subject. And now for something completely different. Nice. 
Nice. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah, we're talking about Monty Python today. Uh, everyone is aware of this. It's a comedy troupe of some of the finest comedians the world has ever seen. And they're responsible for some of the greatest sketch comedy ever. And on top of that, they made two of the most groundbreaking, subversive comedy films ever made. And when I say this, I'm not exaggerating. Because the comedy from a joke-telling perspective is not only masterful, but it also blends absurdity, silliness, and clever subtleties in a way that few people have done before or since. Now, for all of you people that quote the Holy Grail at RPG tables thinking Monty Python was just random and silly, lel, well, I suppose this episode is for you because a group of people with the same stupid outlook have decided to make a Monty Python RPG. I'm just doing a little intro there, Sean. Oh, sorry. But you, no, that's all right. You carry on. No, I'd, I'd, like, for, for those people, <laughs> I'd say that Monty Python, like, these, those films were quite provocative at the time, innit? Oh, yeah, I know. I did just say that. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> But that's all right. Carry Keeping on. that in. Yeah, yep. And while the game isn't out, I can tell it's going to be shit, and not only that, I can prove it. To do this, however, we need to do a quick examination of the work of Monty Python comedy troupe. Because the American writers, the American writers oh. of the Monty Python RPG have misunderstood the source material in such a fundamental way that it should be obvious to anyone how shit this book is likely to be. Which apparently it isn't obvious, right? Because it got 1.5 million pounds on uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, it got funded in less than like two hours or an hour and they wanted 200 grand and they've got one and a half mil and it comes out in like two weeks still. Yeah, I mean, se- seriously recording. though, anyone who donated to that have a bit of fucking self-respect. You, f- f- I'm, I might donate <laughs> because I have none. None what? Self-respect. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, same. It's like self-harm. Yeah, yeah. But we shouldn't joke about that. No, no. So that. Monty Python, or as they are nicknamed, the Pythons, started in 1966 owing to a surreal comedy show called "Do Not Adjust Your Set." On British TV channel ITV. You see, this show featured future Pythons Michael Palin, Eric Idle and Terry Jones. John Cleese and his boy Graham Chapman were huge fans of the show and around the same time it aired, Chapman and Cleese had been offered a TV deal for the BBC. But John Cleese expressed that he was reluctant to make a show with just Graham Chapman because he was apparently difficult to work with. And Cleese had worked with Michael Palin before on a show called How to Irritate People and really enjoyed working with him, so invited him to join the team. Now, Palin then suggested bringing Eric Idle on board and his writing partner, Terry Jones. And so all but one of the cast were assembled, and when Eric Idle suggested that they bring Terry Gilliam on to do the animated portions, John Cleese quickly agreed, having met Gilliam before. Of course, this cast of folks then went on to make the incredible Monty Python's Flying Circumcision. No. Uh, circus. <laughs> I think that was an autocorrect. Getting which your first notes to mixed up there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, sometimes you know the papers, they they get mixed up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this uh, first aired in uh, October 1969. Now, one of the main problems with the Pythons perceived with sketch comedies was that the way they were shot would lead to sketches with a strong idea that failed to really find a satisfying punchline. Because the sketch shows at the time would, you know, build a set in the BBC studio or whatever, and they would film all the sketches that use that set in a row and pepper them throughout each episode. Now, that means the crew have a whole week of filming on that set and must get their money's worth. So if something isn't working or the show or the sketch needs to be shortened or anything like that, it means everyone has wasted a lot of time. And this includes, you know, hours of makeup, cost of the set, crew's valuable time and so on. And that is really right why sketch comedies you know the scenes go on for way too long they're not very funny they lack a punchline all of this 
So, uh, yeah, usually the scenes uh, are, are kind of drawn out. And Monty Python's Flying Circus, however, was shot all in order, right? Which is a pretty terrible way to make TV. Um, and it, Well, inefficient, I should say. But it means the show would often reach a punchline and immediately move on. Some, sometimes to an idea that they came up with on the spot after those sort of scenes play out. And John Cleese, in his autobiography, called, uh, called the style stream of consciousness sketch comedy. Which is pretty accurate, I would say. If you've watched Monty Python's Fine Circus and you've watched like the world of ballooning episode. You know, the first one. Mm. And it's like, that. that really is like... As soon as they hit a punchline or the scene that stops being funny, the actual camera crew would just walk in and then just move on to a next bit or something like this. Like they have like a random like news report that comes in that's all in um, like pseudo Dutch where he's just like, but yeah, it's fucking great. But yeah, it was all shot in a bloody row. And yeah, now I'm not saying the show is perfect, right? James, you've watched a lot of it recently. Yeah, boy. And what did you think of it? Well, I do like it because it was uh, it's completely my dad's humour and he introduced me to it. And I watched um, the original series, I think all of it with Layla a little while ago and very recently watched the 1989 rendition of the Flying Circus where it's just a, a bunch of best bits all in, contained into an hour. And um, yeah, it, it never ceases to give me a chuckle, to be honest. But then, uh, yeah, because that was the... <laughs> because the, they made three films actually but that yeah. they made a film that was just all the best bits from the 45 episodes yeah. in one and you watched that one right yeah and it said um, Parrot Sketch Not Included that's the version of, of the one that I watched and it's uh, very recently and it's uh, it's good it's good I really kind of enjoy like you mentioned in the intro the slapstick but really smart comedy that they've managed to amalgamate together yeah because it's the execution of it takes a lot of Smarts and and like knowing their craft really well, like they and they, they were uh, obviously very intelligent people, um, and a, a very like they understood a lot, like politics well, yeah, in particular and all that. Exactly, and I feel like they come from that that sort of generation. Have you ever seen like? For example, Rowan Atkinson, he's also very educated, yeah. like everyone. But he, he, there's, a, there's a thing he does where he talks about how to do comedy. And he's really serious about it. Like, he understands it really well. And he's like, to the physical comedian, everything can be a joke. An elbow, a knee, an eye. And it's like, well, yeah, he totally gets it. And I feel like all the people working on Monty Python were from that same crop. Yeah. Of type of comedian. Yeah. That you don't really get nowadays. Uh, I mean, I've seen some stand-up comedy on Reddit recently, and it was not good. So, there we go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's some sketches I think that are too mental to be funny, or something like this, or just ones that I probably don't get. But in terms of, like, minute-for-minute laughs, there is very mi- little like this show, and the style is almost never done in any type of TV today, with the exception of maybe the fast show, which paid homage to the rhythm of Monty Python without actually utilising the production style. But my point is, right, is that Monty Python's good, isn't it, lads? Oh, yeah. Well, I'd say, I'd say it's like probably the godfather of modern comedy. Uh, it was a lot smarter than uh, most things you get back then. I mean, I'd say like 90% of TV probably then was quite shit. But they came out with that. and I it, like um, how the a lot of their shows were not broadcasted post-Watershed and still had like piss like the word piss and shit and and little fluffy words like that. Yeah, it's funny, and actually. Tits. I never thought about that. There's, a, there's an obscene amount of tits, and I forgot about that when I started watching it with Layla, and I was like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Spent a lot of time as a teenager pausing on those screens. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good. I like it. And uh, yeah, it will still probably still be a long while before we ever see a phenomenon even remotely similar to Monty Python. So it's about this time that I might as well mention the films that the Pythons put out, right? Because uh, honestly, it's likely the only Python stuff you listeners have ever seen. And the same can be said for the idiots writing the Monty Python RPG. And when I say Monty Python RPG, what I mean is an RPG made by a group of people who have massively misunderstood Monty Python's Holy Grail and tried to make an RPG out of it. Why now, didn't they call it Monty... Did they actually just call it Monty Python RPG? No, yeah, it's, it's, a really long, it's got a really stupid long title that I can't remember, but uh, I'll get the, to that. The title is, uh, because I have it in front of me, is uh, Monty Python's Curricular Medieval Reenactment Programme. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, they've taken they've taken Holy Grail very literally. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so they're idiots. As we all know, right, there's 45 episodes of the series, uh, Flying Circus. Two films, one compilation film, one st- uh, stage version of the film. But, of course, the fuckwits at Exalted Funeral are only focusing on the modern-day political satire of the Holy Grail because cunts at every gaming table since the hobby began have been quoting that film in lieu of having an actual personality. Well, I I thought... Damn nice. Thank you. I thought that fat neck beard at the table was actually one of the Knights of Knee, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Knights of Knee. The Knee! It's funny in the film. It's funny in the film, but seeing a fucking idiot... And do you know what, right? That's the worst thing about Monty Python is nerds that quote it, right? And actually, as you'll find out, the RPG, that's a core part of the fucking game, is being a nerd quoting Monty Python. But we'll get to that. So considering, right, that this RPG... Oh, shit. I've just got a Discord message. Must shut that down. Shut up, Discord. That's all staying in. It's all good stuff. Um... But yeah, this complete waste of time has a Monty Python name on it, right? Now let's have a let's have a show of hands. How many of the original comedy troupe do you think are involved in this? Uh, fucking even in an overseeing oh, manner. Oh, uh, well, I mean, oh yeah, James has actually shown his hand. He's shown his hand. Sorry, I've uh, zero. He's, done a, he's either done a zero or a wanker sign. Sean, how many do you reckon? I reckon uh, maybe John Cleese might have been involved. I mean, he's not got a lot on nowadays, has he? No, he's not. And even still, he wasn't involved. So, no, zero. Zero. And many of them are actually still alive, right? But none of them whatsoever are involved. The main writer of the RPG, Craig Schaffer, isn't even from the same fucking country as us. So, you know he's going to do a great job of shitting all over the legacy, right? And his main qualification on the Kickstarter appears to be that he's watched Monty Python's Flying Circus. Now, not I'm not being racist, right? But uh, by the looks of it, all the people on this uh, are foreigners, and mostly American. I'm not saying this means they can't do it justice simply because of where they're from, but we already know they've misunderstood the movie, and that's probably a contributing factor. Because Americans, you know, I like you. You're good people, but uh, you don't really get irony, do you? No. Uh, well, I sure was saying what about, about them. Fraser and Seinfeld. Yeah, but so, what, what about Fraser and Seinfeld has irony or sarcasm into it? Most of it. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Like, oh, Niles has shit himself again, or whatever. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Niles has shit himself. <laughs> oh, Fraser, you got to sort it out. But, oh, the date's in five minutes. Oh, what are you going to do? Sounds like the honeymoon is, or and then he's got, and then Niles is shitting all up the walls in the bathroom, and then the woman's like, okay, I can't wait to have sex, Fraser, but let's, uh, and then uh, but, like, but I've got to go to the toilet, and he's like, no! And then Fraser's like, bang, zoom, straight to the moon, or something like that, innit? Maybe I hear the blues calling to salad and scrambled eggs. Um, 
Yeah, very <laughs> ironic show. Very ironic. Very. Oh no! Yourself again. Uh, but that's about the sort of level of irony. So they do, in a way, sort of slightly get it, but not like us. No, um, they don't. Sean. Sean, right. they, they flat out don't. You know, I was just about to agree with your point about uh, Monty Python uh, being the godfathers of uh, modern day comedy, but the, the godfathers of British. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seinfeld Modern. really is the godfather. But you know who the real godfather is? <laughs> the godfather. From the film The Godfather. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, they, anyway, these guys, they've misunderstood the book, right? It's, uh, and just in brackets here, it's set in the modern day and is about politicians who cling on to old ideas and traditions. But I'll come to that. I'll get back to it, right? And uh, I know what I've written this for. Oh, and uh, I can see just by taking a casual glance at the Kickstarter that the people behind this aren't funny either, which is troubling. And they're not funny whatsoever. They seem to think that inserting the word spam into every other sentence is amusing, and it isn't, right? And I know that explaining humour makes it not funny, but for the stupid twats working on this RPG, let me break down the spam sketch from Monty Python for you and why it was funny. It wasn't because they were repeating a word over and over again, but uh, the point of the sketch, right, is that after World War II, the UK was struggling to rebuild its agriculture, and this meant that canned meat was very prevalent, and as it was during the War II, right? And as people have grown sick, uh, as a result of this, people have grown sick and tired of it. So in the sketch, when the customer talks about hating spam and laments the fact that it's in just about every dish, it's because of that, right? And it's also worth noting that the foreign characters in the scene, you know, the Norwegian ones that appear to love spam, um, it's because unlike the English, they weren't sick of it. This is partially owed to the fact that uh, Hormol, who makes spam, are American. And it was in a lot of American rations, and thus, when they were posted overseas... Um, then just those other countries started to pick it up, and that's why the Norwegian blokes love the Spam, right? A good example of this is Hawaii, where it remains one of the most popular meat products to this day because of that very reason. Um, but uh, the Mongs over at Bloody Exalted Funeral who are making this RPG have reduced it. It's funny because repeated word. Uh, yeah, so to anyone working on the RPG, fuck you. Fuck you, mum. Suck you, mum. <laughs> I want to throw some rice at you. (laughs) But yeah, they are brain-dead art criminals, basically, is what I'm saying. And uh, to anyone funding this, prepare to be disappointed. I hope you learn not to do something so silly again. No, (laughs) Sorry. I may fund it now. Do not fund it. Um, Don't crund fundle. Yeah, but people funded it because it's like a Monty Python RPG. They slashed the name on it. Those two, like that title. But they wrote spam in it, Sean. (laughs) Woo. Um, yeah, this is... Yeah, it's this, bad. It's bad. Can I say something? Can I say this is worse than 9-11? Wow! I had two coffees before I started this. I apologise. <laughs> two coffees. No, I did not snort cocaine, police. Stop listening. <laughs> but um, let me not, let's not jump to conclusions, right? Because a lot of detail is actually available on the, on the Crundfundle page, the Kickstarter. So first up, as James mentioned, the name, Monty Python's Curriculum Medieval Reenactment Programme. Again, let me reiterate, Holy Grail are set during the modern day, but I'll save that for later. I'm teasing them with it. So according to the Kickstarter, the book contains the following, right? Here's the quote from the page. An original rules-like gaming system with spam. Guidance on designing adventures with spam, ready to run quests, spam, and guiding designing one's own adventures, stretch goal upgrades, four quests for head of light ent- entertainment person, I, but so on and so on, and then it says spam, and then the last bullet point is spam again. Uh, that was so funny, actually, that uh, I died. I saw oh. a ghost. 
Don't, well, they did misinterpret that part. I mean, it's uh, the sketch when they're in the shop as well and they're ordering fucking food. Yeah. This ain't food, this is an RPG. That's right, it's not food. Fact. Spam. Uh, yeah, so the game, the first part of the Kickstarter tells us about the game, right? And it's uh, the GM, The first thing it says is that the GM is called the Head of Light Entertainment, which is funny, right, because they've renamed it, right? Because usually you, usually it's called a GM. Uh, and Oh, and it's funny because they abbreviated it to Hole. Well, they, they, in a lot of RPGs, they try and rename it uh, to different things. Like yeah, but then, but then uh, in Vampire, for example, they call it, let's call it a storyteller because the role of a GM is actually quite different. And actually... To be fair, there is one quite massive difference in this game as well, but they I think they've really, f- really fucked it, right? It's fucking stupid. Each session, right, the, the, like, so the whole, right, is, is or the head of light entertainment is almost exactly the same as the Game Master, but each session, the whole can change, meaning that the GM has to take on a different personality for the game. So you're going to GM it in character for the whole thing right nice. now if that sounds bad just get fucking ready right because the original um sketch from episode 39 of flying circus is about the fictional light entertainment awards right this is where they've got the 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 reference from and where the, it's where the ashes of a dead celebrity gives out awards and that is actually quite funny in this game however you take on the persona and you roll for it each time because you know the head of light entertainment is constantly being fired or killed or whatever and um, you have to take on the persona, say, for example, of Timmy Williams. Do you guys know that sketch? You know, yeah. the one that's like, he's, he's annoyingly over-enthusiastic and he's, he's a motor-mouth interviewer that yeah. constantly, like, interrupts the mm. people. It's, yeah. Very, yeah. it's very funny because of, like, uh, TV back in the day, but I don't think Americans, unfortunately, would understand it. And, it's also ironic um, humour, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, and why there's a light entertainment awards and stuff and, exactly yeah. exactly so um yeah and this this guy's from like episode 19 right or you and it, it's the, the part of the comedy of the sketch is that he's deeply annoying right and he's like the tv presenters of the time but um he's like piers morgan isn't he yeah, yeah, very much so. Actually, yeah, Piers Morgan, but positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. so you have to role play the whole night as him, or maybe you roll differently, and you have to role play the whole night as a penguin. I mean, I'd rather not, considering that there'll be other characters that I also have to voice, and then remembering things and all that stuff, and then talking to you guys and nah. being in character and treating the players like you're in character. Like it's funny in the sketch when Eric Idle does it, right? But but he. But imagine cutting off your players all night during a session of gaming. No, I get a bit annoying. I mean, very annoying. Yeah. But I think it's stupid. It's not funny. It is annoying. And a gag would wear off after about one minute. And it's pathetic and, and lazy. It's a lazy attempt to make references to the show. Shit references, right? And uh, as I said, like, you know, the whole thing of, like, people quoting Monty Python at the table, that's a, f- that's a core feature of this game. That's it's for your friends. Like, as I said, it's funny when Eric Idle does it for five minutes in the sketch but your mate's doing a bad impression of it and misunderstanding the humour oh that's going to be fun isn't it imagine a fat neck beard doing that for a whole four hour session <laughs> for a one hour session it would be annoying <laughs> um, but yeah luckily though guys you're going to be pleased because there's 18 of these personalities to use for a night of gaming oh yeah can't wait 18 the, I, I suppose what they're going for is this is the type of RPG that you want to uh, run for people you really don't like innit yeah, I think so. If you want to bore someone to death, that's the that's the burn alarm. 
Uh, right, but yeah, let's talk character classes. There's 11 of them, and they're pretty cool. Pre- they're pretty typical RPG stuff. But what's clever, right, is that they've renamed some of them. Rogues are ne'er-do-wells, bards are troubadours, and so on. So what they've done... Well, no, this is clever, right? What they've done is they've tried to make it sound more British, which is really... It's really clever. I like it. Go on. What right, do you mean? One class. No, I'm just saying, like, like so instead of rogue, it's ne'er-do-well. Oh, yeah. And yeah. One, one class is bottle or water, then. Yeah, that's right. I, I, have you read this? No. Did you work on this? I mean, like, no, it's uncanny, though, isn't it? But, yeah, so, like, now the game uses a dice chain mechanic, right? So if you're good at something, and you're going to you're gonna roll a 20-sided dice, and if you're shit, you roll a d4. Except, actually, it's really a bit clever, right? Because what they've done, instead of good or bad, they've used a scale of sillious, silliness and seriousness, meaning all they've done is rename it, right? So, I must say, right, while this is probably unintentional, this whole dice chain and, like, naming each level of the dice chain is a very easy way for new players to gauge how good another character is at something without having to be sort of RPG literate, to use a uh, sort of wanky term. But, for, for example, if I tell you my Valor stat is a bit too silly, really, right, that means you know it's, uh, it's shit, right? But then I suppose... Just having a plus zero or a minus one would probably do the same thing, and you probably learn it in about five minutes anyway. <laughs> so yeah, the highest is a bit too serious, the lowest is a bit too silly, and then like like a small bonus is somewhat serious or somewhat silly. So you have to get a small bonus to benefit, really. No, 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 a bit too serious. Well, a- yeah, well, actually, yes, because crits, right? They're called struthing. And they've renamed it, you see. And getting a crit increases uh, increases a stat, and these dice explode. But there's nothing new ex- or exciting then. Crit fails work the other way around, and they've renamed it too. And just think about the least funny interpretation you could pro- probably make about Monty Python, and that's what it's called. Because I'm not going to say it, because it annoys me. If you crit or fumble too many times, you offend the head of light entertainment. Uh, so you're going to get a demerit token. So in actuality... Yes, you want to be semi-competent at everything, but not too, because otherwise you're going to keep rolling high numbers, and that's when you get a demerit. Oh, that's clever. Mm. Oh, I've just read what they've called that as well. <laughs> just say what it is. The crit fails are called... Spammed it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Allow it. Anyway, if you get enough demerits, then you're going to roll on the dire consequences table. And the amount of these in the corresponding subject of offence is based on what, that, that, what character the whole is for that night. So each hole has their own table of dire consequences and some examples include being called away to do another sketch getting crushed by a giant foot and so on and if i may i'm gonna make a little comparison here because i noticed at this point that there was a few similarities to made rpg right but i'll tell you why that works and this doesn't (laughs) go on because in made the gm is the master right that's similar to playing the head of light entertainment um and annoying him can lead to crazy consequences depending on what configuration of the game you play. But here's the difference, right? Made is funny because of what happens in the game, not the writer's self-perceived sense of humour, right? It's yeah. not... The book isn't funny to read, but to play it is funny. Secondly, in Made, the GM isn't really playing the character all night. It's just that that character happens to be like this anime landowner who happens to be a main character in the game. And the game is modular and can be as rational or as crazy as you want. And the game uh, and made is designed to be played for an hour to an hour and a half at a time and costs 10 quid, right? Yeah. 
this fucking RPG is 60, 65 pounds plus postage. What? I would also say this is like, with made the stress explosions thing, that's your HP mechanic. You're not getting demerits for having done really good rolls. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking dumb. Um, so far, this really feels like a free RPG that you'd find on like the dark corners of the internet. Yeah, like somebody's shit project that they've made on. It's like well, like of, um, all of those weird uh, fan-made products, like Jackie Chan RPG. Yeah, that's exactly like, what it feels like. Yeah, like, yeah, like exactly. it's not actually meaty enough to actually bring to any table, but on somebody's WordPress blog, it's quite a good, a fun thought exercise. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I reckon the Jack, Jack, Jackie Chan. I nearly said the Jackie Chan RPG is probably better than this. So. <laughs> Anyway, let's get back to the game. You can get merits too, but they're just as boring and lame as the demerits. Anyway, another offensive piece of material that I refuse to cover is that the game comes with a board game. There's so little content in this that you get a board game with it, right? Uh, you don't have to, but it's a it's an add-on, right? And it comes as a bolt-on, which is a shit idea. But one, one cool feature, the one redeeming feature of this fucking piece of shit is the uh, dice catapult. Yeah, I was about to... I knew you were about to say it, but that yes. is... I told you about it in the pub the other night, and we were like, actually. The but unfortunately, you can't buy it on its own, so... Yeah. yeah. What is it? It's just it's a little dice catapult. Hey, look, I can show you a picture of it, Sean. Um, they're all there. I think it's right at the bottom. We've got a badass over here. Oh. There you go. Oh, that, that's really cool, actually. That is actually a good product. Yeah. I wish they just sold that separately. I mean, probably after the Kickstarter's funded and all of that, and, and, and finished... We'll probably be able to find them somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I'll yeah. But I wonder how many times that's going to result in it falling off the table. Oh, but there's a mechanic involved with the with the catapult specific one. Yeah. What is it? The board game thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you're supposed to shoot it into like your opponent's area or whatever. Yeah. You've got yeah. some like cool coins and stuff. I, I thought you'd have like minis and things like that though. John Cleese mini doing his Nazi walk. That'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, the write-up for uh, this board game is is, is, is the shittest add-on ever. And hang on. So yes, this is the shittest add-on ever, is the board game. And uh, it is longer, right? The write-up for this bloody board game is longer than that of the RPG. So there we go. But that's enough info on the RPG, though. What can we all decipher from this, right? Well, it seems that the writers have treated it as a game about references to a TV show and it also seems they aren't funny and lastly it demonstrates that they've misunderstood the holy grail the film that serves as this game's main inspiration and also it goes to show that they're not confident in the RPG product because they have to go here's this extra shit yeah. the thing that I don't understand is that they haven't actually explained more of the lore and what the gameplay is like they've, they've explained the mechanics only and they're very basic as well. Yeah. Like, and it's like, well, surely you want to get a flavour for the game. Just saying Monty Python don't give you anything because what is it? Because we spoke about it a little while ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, right, you could do like a little skirmish or something with one of the Monty Python tropes. Or say, for instance, you have to do um, a battle, but then for some reason you have to utilise the Ministry of Silly Walks and you always have to roll a D12 to see, determine th what direction you have to go. That's where it could be good. And yeah. you mentioned that the other day. I was like, well... What they needed to do was actually include these parts as part of the world. But we yeah. don't know fucking anything. It could just be a very, very standard game where they've renamed the manner in which you roll. Do you know what I mean? And that's probably what it's going to be. Um, but it's just it's silly. But that's it. I think it's just going to be literally a medieval fantasy game. 
Or just a medieval game. But Holy Grail set in the modern day, though, so... Well, should we get to that, then? Get on, then. So, uh, it, is, it is set in the modern day, right? In the late... And this is just... A, the reason I'm going into this is to prove how stupid these people are. In the late 20th uh, century is actually where Holy Grail is sent. The t- uh, it's actually around the time the film was being made, right? The most obvious part being the end, when Arthur and Bedivere summon an army, right? And a 1970s police car turns up, whereupon Arthur is arrested for causing a riot, right? And there are other scenes which show the police following the trail of Arthur and his knights, right? So it's not just a random ending that comes out of nowhere. Um, now, if you're a fucking idiot, you, you might think that, you know? It's, 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 just, oh, it's just random. But they, they literally foreshadow it throughout the film, where the police are training them, right? But the film is littered with hints. For example, when Arthur and his men are heard by John Cleese, you know, when he's on the top of that fucking castle and they're making the wooden rabbit, the sound he hears are modern power tools, including a chainsaw and a drill. There's also the holy hand grenade, right? And grenades, although not necessarily modern per se, were almost not in existence until about a thousand years after the Arthurian legend takes place. Lancelot's torchbearer slash pack mule bloke is also called Concord, the name of a type of plane that was mainly active during the 70s when the film was made. Additionally, there's a bit where a bloke simply called a famous historian waffles about King Arthur before being killed by a knight, right? And his presence as a narrator implies that the film is a documentary, and we even see the clapperboard with the name of the very film you're watching on on screen, meaning that that is that scene is taking place in the 1970s. And there's a lot more of this, but I should mention the basis for most of these observations came from a fantastic essay by Rob Ager, but it's also a commonly accepted theory about it nowadays, right? And his theory is that the, the film, essentially the theme of it, because you look at Life of Brian, right? It's mm. subversive. It's anti-religion. It's anti-a lot of stupid things. And this is the same. It's a subversive film about aristocrats who have clung on to old ideas to the point of having some sort of group psych- psychopathy, right? It's all these people believing in one shit idea and literally crusading for it. And this theory is given a lot of weight by a scene early on in the film where a bloke calls Arthur crazy because he believes he's the born ruler and to quote it, simply because some old bent in the lake threw a sword at him, right? Now there's far more to this theory, but now I've given you the basic points, right? It's not a medieval film. It's a satire of modern politicians and nobles, something which their pythons did all the fucking time right they were very anti-authority they're very anti-aristocrats and if you really took the film completely literally right then you're probably some sort of idiot and uh, as are the people behind the Monty python rpg and with that if you order it you're even worse than they are (laughs) (laughs) nice um but yeah so guys what do you think james you still going to donate do you hate yourself that much I do hate myself quite a lot. I think it'd be funny to get it and then review it when uh, like physical version. Yeah, I mean, maybe we actually. You've yeah. I, uh, no, I really don't want to give them my money, but yeah, I think we should do that. How do, how do we? Uh, maybe we do an episode later on. It's like I predicted it. Give me money, or well, something like that. Like, if like, we can get one for free that someone's like care, like. Care do you think they're going to give us a free one after this? Um, no, but if like someone like throws it over their shoulder because it's so shit, then we can like g- like grab it from the bins and that. Okay, that's very specific. I mean, a lot of things are gonna have to line up to make that happen, really, aren't they? Unfortunately. Um, yeah. yeah. So, James, your thoughts? Um, well, like I just mentioned, I do think that they've misunderstood the point in uh, an RPG because they haven't given you a flavour as to what you fucking do in it. They've just given you the mechanics, and it's just like. 
you know, just mentioning Monty Python doesn't give you an inkling because they are not just one note. They had a very, very, very diverse amount of, um, you know, sketches and and everything that they portrayed within them. Like it was, it was mad. Some of it, you well, know. even even the films, yeah, it's yeah. like different types of joke throughout them, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like he ranges from silly, like with biggest dickers. But then there's also like the first man to get stoned, where it's like a play on words, and uh, it's fucking funny. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, Sean, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to sort of add to what James was saying as well, like, but add my own thing. Like, uh, Monty Python isn't a like a universe; it's those people that make it, isn't it? And yeah, it's like really stupid. And um, the actual mechanics, um, like having to like succeed a, a slight bit things like that the forced humor like oh we're wacky i mean like I, I like a bit of wacky humor but like monty python isn't all about wacky humor and it's like forced, it's not all about it but it does have quite a lot the thing it's is, like that forced humor that sort of kind of forced humor you get from something like grandma's world or something like that well there's it's very very difficult to write a silly game and for it to be silly but um well, they, but uh, andy they, hop did well, yeah, but, but that's because he's made. he's really dedicated, and it's completely. But the, but the fresh. writing in the book is funny, but yeah. it also uses the mechanics and the world to be funny as it's happening. It's not like here's this concept that's so funny. Um, but the thing is, we played two sessions or three sessions of Low Life, right? And that remains funny because of the setting and the weirdness and the things that happen. But right? also at the same time, there's a lot of situations where it's very, very serious, but it's just in a funny context because exactly. there's loads of stuff happening. We've established, um, I think on this podcast a few times and definitely in our table discussions, that most of the time, if you want to run a game that's funny, you say it's serious because funny will come out of what the situation always you can choose and you can choose the level of humor that you want instead of yeah because you can just push push something to be a little bit more silly give it a silly name or give it a little silly scenario you hit on a good point because like the thing is you don't need comedy mechanics to make a comedy game like some get for example right made I think it's a very funny game. When you sit down and play, it's funny because of the mechanics, but the mechanics aren't themselves inherently funny. But it's the fact that you have to roll for mundane things, constantly fuck them up, or get so stressed you might just go and hide in a cupboard. Well, like, like, um, but those things, like, it makes it funny. But the thing is, if you wanted to run a comedy game, you could do it with D&D 5e. Well, you can do it with, if, with absolutely anything. Considering uh, Sean's, you know, Savage Pathfinder, he's created a lot of uh, enemies and stuff and he's just trapped other things with other with other words such yeah. as the, the exploding shrug now for that reason it was hilarious because of how deadly it was because it took us and also because surprise. it was amidst a serious situation yeah. and it was something happening at the table and it was like he didn't just go like oh yeah it's like this is really wacky guys he just went yeah just exploding shrug so his delivery of it the fact that it's it was just a maneuver or spell that was trapped in a different way and then but we're understanding not, uh, the reference following it it's just like that is crazy and we're not quite playing a quote unquote funny like no, comedy mean, game Savage but, Pathfinder is serious there's nothing yeah, yeah, exactly. there's nothing it, funny about it it is serious but like uh, but then look at our book, sorry to cut you off but look at our Mork actual play right maybe we, but we attempted to be funny within that but it's it's anything can be a comedy game right yeah and I think this is such a useless product that it's utterly pointless what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say there's always sort of comedy bits in games anyway. Um, because they, because it's that's what life is. Yeah, We've been so. in some of the shittest situations ever, and there's been funny shit happened. If, but even some of the dire situations, like um, in 
gups when we had to swim down um, a toilet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, through the sewers. And then one of my guys who had existed for one session died choking on sewage water. Yeah, he literally drowned in shit. Yeah. I mean, but the it, thing was, is, like, it was like, a funny it, situation, but incredibly serious. I fucking died. If that, no, if that was happening to you in real life, yeah. there's no way you would find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're like laughing, running out of there. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I, think we will, I think we will buy this. Uh, we will see. Uh, we, we, yeah, because it might uh, it uh, might be fun to have a have a look at and see if if my predictions are right, which they are going to be. Um, are you going to buy the board game bit as well? God no. I uh, think what maybe a good idea. What we do right is double check to see when they expect it all to uh, come out to the public. And with this amount of money, it should be fast tracked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they should at least uh, you know meet all their expectations. I would hope. Um, so maybe get your mum to get it, and then when she visits, there's no poster, Jay. I think Exalted Funeral is a European company, if I'm not mistaken. But all the writers and everyone producing it is American, but they're just publishing it, I so it should be all right. To, yeah. <laughs> well, we're close, so we'll, we'll get on a train after this. We'll go over and slap them. Yeah, cool. All right, Monty Python RPG. It's going to be shit, and there's your proof. So um, next up, just a freestyle battle. Welcome to the Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. <laughs> I'll just explain. We've done the freestyle segment on the podcast before when it was an episode that's just me and Sean. And it was so bad we had to cut it out. This time we're back in the Chamber of Challenges because what we're going to do is... Uh, the rule is... You're going to do a freestyle. It has to be the first take that is going on the podcast. If you flub, just recover, move on. And it's definitely going in, even if it's shit. No. Even if it's a bad rap done I by two white my freestyle hat on. So sorry in advance, Harrison. This is going to say tenor or black. <laughs> what are you flipping? Okay, black. Oh, it landed on the tenor. That's Sean, Sean you're... you're up first. Oh, oh, how convenient. No, Sean's I'm choice. Joking. Like, you're cool, man. Who goes uh, first? Right, uh, oh, it's my choice. Uh, I'll choose myself then. <laughs> Alright. Is that enough volume? Yeah. Alright, jump in anyone. Roll them dice. Wait, when's the beat drop? Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. Right, you're Coming down the cobbling. Goblin cave. Here we go. Got my sword. Fourth knave. I'm gonna stab you. And then I'm gonna get that money. Gonna get that gold from you. Gonna jack dudes. Gonna jack them goblins. Although they ain't got much money. Just got bones. <laughs> like my dice that I'm rolling. Hoes. Ain't got a lot of them. Cause I'm in a small village. That's getting rebuilt. I got a scrimmage. Right, that, that, I pressed that, that by a, accident. That was actually not that bad. Was, was, well, none of it rhymed. It was shit. None of it rhymed. It was an it was an interesting flow. Yeah. Thank you. And a goblin. I'm in a village. I tried to go a bit drilly on the rap there. Well, but, anyway, James is going to judge these afterwards, so let's not get into the quality of them. Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. When I rap, I get all the girls Cause I'm hanging out in Konosuba God's blessing on this wonderful world Yeah Sean, I heard your bars and I ain't phased Spending all day in the barrow maze 
That's right, I was in NYC playing DCC, then some MCC. You're a different RPG like low life, G. Yeah. And I eat loads of bread. Hanging out all day in the domains of dread. Or was it Isle of Dread instead? No. But I've got bare flows and I'm in the pub drinking those ales by the flagon. Yeah, I'm famous like Arthur Pendragon. <clears throat> Who you? Call of Cthulhu? Yeah, see that look in your eyes. You've got bought a food gazer, you're not a wise guy. Yeah. Uh. And I'm Solomon. Like Kane. Wait, how come you get like yeah. this? <laughs> you're gonna run like a shadow. I've got like Shame. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. What do you reckon? Yeah, but the thing is, you ran out of bars. I didn't run out of bars. I, I mean, I was interrupted by the, the sound. Do you want another go? You... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. That's cool. Right. That's all right. I just thought it was a, the end. To... I was trying my hardest there. That was that was nice. I liked the... No, it was not good. It was not good. Well, it's like less RPG related. thing is, I was looking was at like... my shelf of RPG stuff over there, and I was quoting just using words from that, so it made it easy. Uh, you were looking at my face, which must have been very hard. spot of, in, of enlightenment. I did. I did. Oh, yeah. I is was... that cheating? I don't think so. It might be. It might be. Right. All right, James. So, James, who's the winner and why? And I'll have my hand hovered over this winner button. Wait, who's the loot? Uh, well, the real winner is me, because I got to hear two great guys rapping and I witnessed it in person no but you got to pick one winner do yeah yeah so it's me innit no it's not you pick one for me and Sean well if, 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 if I've got it's got to be me and Sean then it's me innit <laughs> alright well this <laughs> this segment is no the real winner is spam as we've established yeah, yeah right yeah, so yeah. we're gonna have to get the listeners to maybe yeah listeners vote on it you, you decide who won <laughs> uh, they're both rubbish but who was who was the yeah. least rubbish? Yeah, I, I mean, I I didn't have my freestyle hat on, but I did I did have a few good bars, I think. No, because he's wearing headphones. The hat would not fit over. He's just got a hat with freestyle written in Comic Sans on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. No, I mean we go to Electro Letters. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the electro letter. Sean's, I don't know where Sean is. Sean's gone missing. Yeah, it's like, what's happened? I don't Did know. Did you piss him off when we were outside? You were outside because I wasn't he, there. He got upset about the freestyle. He's gone home. Well, he should be. It was shit. I'm joking. <laughs> it was. No, but they were both shit. I uh, liked them. I liked both of them. I'm pleased. Should we do some electro letters? Well, it would be rude not to. Yeah. Sean can come in whenever he feels like it. Yeah, this is the kind of like free strike ability that it has of Sean, isn't it? He's gone. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, yeah, he's taking the free strikes. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, the Batman, he is the first one. He says he's got a question about the black hack. Um, he says, combat. I get that the PC has to make an attribute check to hit a monster and do damage, but am I understanding uh, right that the PC must also make an attribute check to resist the monster's attack, meaning the monster never rolls an attack. It's always the resistance roll by the PC. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Um, it's, so, a, yeah. it's, it's a nice system. Yeah, it is. You roll dexterity to avoid an attack, 
uh, a ranged attack, strength to uh, parry a melee attack. And then, of course, you can spend your armor points to uh, negate any damage for any reason. So falling off a thing, getting hit, whatever. I like the fact that you can repair that armor. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, and uh, additionally, yeah, the monsters always do set damage. Although, because uh, it's completely player-facing. But when I run it, I did roll damage because I just thought it was a little bit more fair. And it also made it more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that question answered. He has another one. He says, do you engage in a session zero? And if so, what do you cover? If not, I have seen Sean just go to the loo, by the way. He's, it's been in there a while. Uh, he says, if you do do a session zero, what do you cover? If not, why? So, yeah, we, we do do them. We didn't used to because we sort of saw, well, actually, I sort of saw the um, creation of characters as eating into time we could spend playing the game. Mm. But we tend to do, it's more like a session 0.5 because we tend to sit down, make our characters, and then, and then after off. about you know an hour or whatever, we'll start and we'll play a couple it's of hours. It's quite nice as well because we get, we've got to just, uh, in that kind of session 0.5, we get to get to a point uh, where we can discuss it on the table and then have characters with linked yeah. backstories. Sean, put your fucking headphones on. Are you guys, are you guys chatting? You, I mean, yeah, it's... we started doing electro letters because you were gone for like 10 hours. Um, well, that's sorry. I needed, what were you doing? I needed to urinate. And but you, no, you, you were, were outside, outside for, for and ages. I was, I was guarding the pram. I have crippling depression. Now, because of you. Okay, um, sorry. Okay, <laughs> alright, well, yeah, session zero. to the um, first letter, yes. Good. Um, actually, that is correct. Uh, so, yeah, session zero, we, we mainly do character creation... The GM will do a bit of um, explanation on the world, and then we get right into it. I'd also like say one thing that that is worth doing, and not in a bloody SJW way, but like telling the players your intention for the game. So, for example, we might go over and say, like, okay, this is serious. Obviously, funny shit's going to happen, but for this, you have to take your characters 100% seriously. Yeah. Um, and so on. But also, it might be like, well, this is a comedy game. So, so like with Five E, for example, when I did it, it was sort of like. Um, you know, the guys own a zoo and there's a lot of red tape and it's very uh, based on modern politics in sort of a comedy way. Mm. Um, the that I sort of just get that out of the way so the players know when they're creating their characters. And that's, so, that's about it, really. To be fair, yeah, you should drop that in a, a bit with character creation just to get, like, sort of the flavour of what people are going to create and stuff. But, but sometimes then... the players might ignore you, like in Mutant Hero Beast, when you're like, no pun characters... <laughs> I keep seeing shit like every day where I come up with like another one, but yeah, it's good. It's like good. Quacky Chan and stuff like that. That, that was that James's, was great, and that yeah. was his stroke of genius. What is it? Chris Ducker, Quacky Chan, and there was another one as well, but I forget what it was. Yeah, it was good. It was but good. then uh, also, as in terms of flavour of the game, what you want to say to people, yeah, create characters in these way, these sort of ways, but then you can also lead players into the sort of mood of the game in session zero really get the get the sort of get the juice atmosphere, atmosphere going like, and then yeah it's quite good quite good. i agree it's very handy to do that i would say that uh yeah i know i forgot what i was going to say so well the backstory section of session zero is the uh, main focus main focus and it's the most rewarding as well absolutely um, Owen the Cuck Magician he says does it annoy you when a question goes on too long when you're expecting it to be succinct and to the point thus wasting everyone's time when you could have been thinking about something important instead of your reading out this nutty's question which has now reached the point that you can't even remember what the hell he was going on about about the first bloody place and then to the top it all off it ends out of nowhere before it comes to the end of the 
Alyssa Tillithard, he says, any pet games that you want to run Sunday, but something keeps you from getting it to the table? He says, mine is Cthulhu Tech. I love the pitch of Cthulhu meets Evangelion, but the system was just so bad when I ran it years ago, I can't go back. Eventually, I'll try to run something similar with a better system. Um, he, he has a, another question as well. We'll get to that in a minute. So, yeah, something you've had for years, you have the intention of running it, but you t- something's stopping you from doing it. Um I've had American Survival Guide for a long time, and mm. I think a big, big reason I haven't run it is because, really, I'd like to run MCC before I run that one. And I'm, there's, there's somewhat similar flavors, although not really. But yeah, I think that's that's sort of the reason. I've had it for so long, never fucking run it, and that's the reason. But um, maybe you don't want to run it. Sometimes, um, sometimes you got to gear yourself into running stuff. There is some stuff that you're gonna. I mean, like, to be honest, we had Savage Worlds ruined for us the first time, but, like, luckily we went back. But sometimes you got those RPG books on your shelf, and it's sort of bothering you a bit, and maybe that's going to, you know... There's, like, one tiny little niggle, I said niggle, that will um, have... uh, that means you're not bringing it to the table... Um, and sometimes that's for the best really uh, sometimes you've got to not let that stuff bother you and just run the stuff that you want to run really definitely yeah. I mean uh, some things are a no brainer though aren't they but it's like the D&D game when I pitched it everyone was like yeah that sounds fucking sick well, this is the thing uh, it's quite um, funny because you are our main GM H and uh, you have been for our whole uh, RPG and career and he's right own... though Sean Sean's giving me a look he is right he's the main GM it's changed a little bit, but uh, to, like, like pound out of pound, the, the whole run... career, Harrison's run the most games and and consistently has and no, he's I, run the most I, I diverse agree. set. But of... now, now it's now it's more like sort of balanced now, isn't it? Well, yeah, if you look at the whole history of it, it's still unbalanced, <laughs> and it always will yeah. be. Uh, so, well, because man. that's what I'm getting at. So my point was surrounding that before we got butt hurt was um, <laughs> the fact that uh, because of your massive uh, eclectic collection. Uh, most of the time or a few times it's, it's quite fun because you'd be like oh yeah this is just coming we're going to play that next I think yeah, yeah it's, usually, that next. it's usually the one I really want to run next is the one I've most recently got into because my... you wanted to do like a Power Rangers RPG for a bit like as a, as a bit ne- part yeah it never came around but, but like, like that would be that would be fun that would be really good but it's good to have the ability to know that you could pick up a rando play it for like between one and four sessions or yeah because like, i've done campaigns where like we've sat down the game's all right but it's not quite scratch scratching the itch and uh, then we just move on but like like troika's a good example i like the game in fact i like it a lot but it was like it just wasn't right at that time and then yeah. we move on i think it was hard for everyone to focus on the enormity and the scale of it because there's so much going on in it that it's like right you really need all this has players. to be a table game. Yeah, yeah, table game and all players to uh, be able to be fully invested in it. Because you know where everyone's got life going on, sometimes you want a game that you doesn't it's require just, just a, a killing massive shit. amount of thought. In, Absolutely. In yeah. fairness, like we like... We always try and go for a different flavour for each sort of game as well, and you're going for MCC next time, but all I can think about is running different games of Savage Pathfinder with characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She said, said this the other day, actually yesterday, we were waiting for the train, she was like, I guess I'm the fantasy guy now, and I'm like, what are you talking about, you, you bitch? I love well, fantasy. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do understand that um, more like the, me and Harrison is our, our favourite. 
Oh no, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm down with that, but I would I like Roman Fantasy quite a lot, Sean. It is mine too, but then I suppose you were the fantasy guy before. Uh, also, James, Sean always said, yeah, but Sean's always a guy. Then. You're as a guy of something though. It's like back in the day when you the only RPG you book you had was Call of Cthulhu, and you didn't want to spend any of your money on anything else because otherwise it would you know eat into your weed fund and that. That's a joke. He's never smoked weed. Um, the it does you, garden them though. Um, so yeah. He, he, he was yeah, I only yours. ran Call of Cthulhu and you wrangled that to within an inch of its life. And oh. I remember when I, sa- I said to you, there is an open system that uses the Chaosium system called, uh, what is it? It was, it was, it's not basic role playing, is it? Is it? Yeah, basic role playing. Right, yeah. and, you, and you were just like, oh yeah, 30 quid's a bit no, much. But to you know? be... <laughs> and then it was like, <laughs> so be... at that time, like, like when you tried to run a fantasy game in Call of Cthulhu, and like, you had to, I mean, you really wrangled it. To be fair, like, um, I sort of realized though that there are a few, probably a few key books that i really you know like i mean to be honest yeah there's a few key books that i really would spend 40 odd quid on uh savage pathfinder being one of them but i didn't have to thank you cj that uh that is the gift that keeps on giving um <laughs> it is yeah but that that's the thing you get a lot of use out of the the same book and that that is good it is pretty we pretty like the familiarity yeah. it's I've, just that i i am impatient i like i always pick a different game for each campaign I'm running I, I very like rarely that, use the same thing twice with the exception of Savage Worlds but then I used yeah. Solomon Kane and Wise Guys so yeah mm. but yeah um, he says um, he follows up alternatively any games your table refuses to play because of one reason or another and that's fight <laughs> yeah well <laughs> that's a good, I don't think there's any table that wants to play that Genesis I'll tell you what so Harrison had a good experience I had a bad experience of that Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, because I play... We... we uh, I'll try not to name any names, but we played a game that was just very slow, very plodding. The guy didn't really know the system. And then later on that day, I played in a game while James was playing something else. And... It was really... It was amazing because it was the guy just knew straight off the bat. Genesis is a hard game to run. And I wouldn't... I would say that in our group we don't really have anything that everyone's like no I refuse to play that but at the end of the day there are certain things that are probably never going to get brought to the table even if we appreciate that they're good and Genesis is one of those it's fun to play but I don't think any of us can be bothered with the fucking hassle of learning how to play it because it's yeah. almost like a different language entirely Monty Python RPG another good choice um, I think we all went off Pathfinder from a system point of view yeah. after a while once once it really opened up, I mean, the thing is, that beginner box, if the whole game was like that, it would be perfect, right? Yeah, because I lo- it's good the fact that it guides you along. And to be honest, you do need that because otherwise you get the rules lawyers and the um, table boglins who get bogged down in every sort of detail. It's hellish. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's because there's boglins. so many different different systems going on in Pathfinder. It's a bit much. so it? much to remember. So yeah. I think that was that's probably the closest we could get. But I, I fortunately, all the players at the table are very, very up for... Um, uh, very up for trying anything, right? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, but I did have one heartbreaking moment recently when I ran that mini campaign of Root, and then Sean and I were playing Donkey Kong online recently, and he was like, you know, Root, it's just a, it's a good game, you know, it's good for, like, one to three sessions, but it's very shallow. And I was like, shallow? Yeah, I'll take it back. I'll I'm, take... Uh, no, I, I appreciate you taking shallow. it back to protect my feelings, but... Uh, no, I, like, I don't... I didn't, like... I, I mean, it's I... Such a, it's such a no, deep but, and like, involved I, game. Oh. I like, I like um, the atmosphere, like that you bought and like the story was absolutely like crazily the system, good right, so it, i would it, like it does, to re- it does revolve around uh, you return? know 10 to 12 different moves and then you've got roguish talents on top of it right 
and the thing is but it's the way in which those are used and what you do with them that are different it's okay. just more they're, they're it's slightly more prescriptive than something like D&D is there if we like play it again yes definitely because I think you are mistaken about that but that was sort of like imagine if you were well like we get this a lot actually where people talk about that they love old school D&D but their players will only play 5e because it's what they know and mm. I think we're really lucky that none of us are like that I, I don't but it, it would be heartbreaking if I was like really excited about like I'm running MCC next right if I if I like said the other day I'm like by the way this is what I'm running and then everyone at the table just went oh, could just play a bit 5e I'd probably just go and jump off the nearest bridge which would be Raffles Bridge which isn't that high <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. So we're lucky in that respect. But yeah, I guess Pathfinder fits that bracket that we that nobody wants to play it anymore. No, actually, I tell you what, we'd never play, never bring to the table for because we think it'd be shit. Starfinder. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Gen Lab Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> I like Gen Lab Alpha, man. Yeah, I like you, it a lot. Why I, did you? Why did you mention that? I did. I he did. didn't like the campaign for certain reasons, where the GM perhaps. Oh, oh actually, actually, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it, okay, right. Let's just uh, let's just talk about it, right? We know that Nick doesn't listen to this, and he has admitted to all this stuff before, right? I'm not going to say anything because we liked the campaign. Yeah. But the trouble was, during it, Nick was in a very busy period of his life, right? And he knows this. I'm not saying anything offensive. He was in a very busy period of his life, and because he was running the pre-written module straight from the book. It meant that when the game night would encroach, he would have to then read and plan the session from the book. If he was doing it from his brain, he could probably get it done using a few short notes in about half an hour. The thing is, he's he's got the brain for it. He yeah. has. Yeah, definitely. He's a great um, so, but then, but instead, like he was running it from that. And so, what he what his technique would be was that it would get to games night. He hasn't had time to read the next bit. Would be worried that if we went off the beaten path, that it would fuck up later parts of the story. And he would just make an excuse and not turn up. I mean, the amount of one-shots we did that year. Do you remember? It took us about a fucking year to get that campaign finished. But, um, it, was, it was nine months. That was part of it. The other part of it, sort of, was that um, perhaps the survival mechanics took a backseat to the political mechanics. Whereas they kind of work in tandem. But I liked it. I liked the campaign. It's just that the nine sessions we played shouldn't have taken a year to complete. But... That's the story of a lot of people that play these games. They'll often only play it as and when. But, uh, yeah, it was getting a bit ridiculous having to prep a new one-shot every time, like every couple of weeks. Yeah, it must have been quite difficult for you. Yeah, it was annoying. Um, but, I, but I think the setting's great. The system's fucking good. I mean, look at the fucking um, Tales from the Loop game we played at UK Games Expo. You loved that one, Sean. And that, oh, that's the same yeah. fucking system. Alien, yeah. very similar system and great RPG. Uh, another one that Nick has yet to finish. It's been a year since the last episode. Can I was tempted that? to actually pick it up yesterday. I mean, in the yeah, we saw, we saw it in the shop in London. I was like, should we get that? Finally, finish this fucking campaign because <laughs> we played two episodes and they're amazing. I, I, I mean, it was forty-five pounds. Again, I probably would run it once and that, and then not ever run it. Run a campaign. Well, why don't you mean? just do the, what Harrison's done? If you, if you, if it's sat on your shelf for too long, you'd be like, right, come on, let's be serious. I'm going to sell it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. I mean, it's I, difficult to sell uh, um, RPG books. I, I feel, but I feel. I, do you know what it is? Like, what what it is is that yeah, I will get one campaign out of something and maybe move on, or I might reference it and things like this. And what it is is like uh, the way my wife puts it. She's terrible in terms of this stuff because she her her whole opinion is 
if you really want it, you should have it. And she would, and like, I will refuse, but she won't mind taking out of our joint savings to buy something that I want. And I mm. think that's really nice of her. But she says to me yesterday, I was like, I saw Temple of Elemental Evil, but it was 85 quid. And I'm like, I really wanted to get it. But she was like, do you think you'll play it 10 times? And I was like, well, yeah, if I was running the campaign, of course I would. And then she's like, so would you pay, you know, £8.50 a time to play it? Is it that good? And I was like, well, yeah, it probably is. And so she kind of does tells me like that. So Alien, if you did buy it for 45 quid and you ran 10 she- sessions of it, that's only £4.50 a session. Yeah. That's, that's pretty true. good. Don't you think? That's quite a good way of looking at it. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I do end up selling RPG books that I don't think I'm going to run again. Like, I'm, I, I had a little, quite a lot of trouble letting go of my D&D 5e box set because I had such a nice time with it. But I just don't think I'd run it again. Because uh, no, I've got, I've got yeah. so many different versions of D&D, like DCC, OSC, all this stuff, that I'll probably run first. Yep. So, yeah, I know it wasn't part of the question, but yeah. Lassie, he says, any recommended sword and sorcery music? Arnold Arnold Conan is a given, but what else? Where's oh Arnold Schwarzenegger? Fucking hell, I'm an idiot. So sword and sorcery, I don't really know, mate, because I don't. Uh, sword and sorcery is like Lankmar, uh, Beasts and Barbarians, Golden Axe is a good one. Oh, actually, the Golden Axe music. Golden Axe yeah. music, uh, especially three. Yeah, Golden Axe three. Um, Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is a very good choice. That would be good. Uh, we the, usually just um, key in. Um, terms into a YouTube and then find a playlist or a some kind of probably like mate yeah because like if I for example when I was running um, something I can't remember what it was but I was looking for music and I just typed in Gamma World OST right yeah obviously it doesn't have its own soundtrack but some guy for his game has made a playlist on YouTube and yeah. then it tends to throw up semi-appropriate music um, I would also recommend the game uh, there's a video game called Sword and Sorcery EP that was supposed to be a uh, uh, an album of music that you play. Um, uh, and it has a game attached to it. That's really good. It's out there, and it's a bit weird, but I feel like that's probably fitting with sword and sorcery shit because oh, it's like fantasy that doesn't take itself too seriously. You got like Skyrim and Oblivion and things like that. Like the classic PC RPGs are always those good. are more high fantasy than they are sword and sorcery. But the music I feel is very maybe the God of War soundtrack as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Answered. Next, Bargle the Infamous. He says, do you foresee another split-off when 5e moves to 6e, just like Pathfinder split-off when 3e moved to 4e? Wait, is it actually moving to 6e? Sort of. 5.5. Um, 5. Well, they're calling it D&D 1. What's that fucking noise? Uh, what? Yeah. That was me, tatting. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> no, so they're calling it D&D 1. Technically, it's still compatible with your 5 ebooks, but it really is 5.5, where if you could download a sheet which will tell you all of the rules changes, and then you just use it with your 5 ebooks. set. But nobody does that, do they? Because they no. did that with Savage Worlds Deluxe to Adventure Edition. Yeah. But, uh, no, I don't. I don't. I, I think the reason I don't foresee it is because I think that the, the part of the... D&D community has become too ubiquitous. It now consists of people who just play D&D and I think that, uh, who learn from Critical Role and things like this and I think they'll probably just move on by the next books that they need to continue playing, playing the game. Yeah, I don't think there'll be a split, really. No, probably not. Um, because 4, 4E was also so polarising that it was obvious why the fucking split happened. But it's actually, it's actually, I mean, we have fun with it. But yeah. Uh, I will say this, Ace, he comes in with, uh, he says, how many dice can Harrison fit in his mouth and still say 20 Ds, now that's a good time. And I was going to do that earlier as a challenge, 
But I realised, because uh, I, when my son was born, I had to pare down all of my RPG shit quite a lot. I only kept to my f- absolute favourite dice. And it'd be a bit mucky to have put them in. or to. Well, she, as Sean was saying, I should, I would need to wash them, and I haven't had time to do that. Yeah, you'd have to wash them before and after, because you'd have to borrow hours and stuff, innit? Yeah, so, yeah. And now I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to but eat probably cake. several, because he's got a gaping mouth. I have got quite a big mouth. I can fit a four-finger Kit Kat in my mouth without it breaking. So, there you go. That's impressive. Thank you. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Uh, last one he says the Batman if you had to take Bobby Evans out for dinner where would you go now probably hell the thing is loads of people started making Bobby Evans memes on the discord when this came out and it, it turns out that quite a lot of people don't know who Bobby Evans is because I guess I ranted about him like two years ago and then keep referencing him for no good reason uh, but uh, yeah Bobby Evans he was a guy that made really really bad Savage Worlds content um, was he the one that made the plain one and got angry at you uh, no, actually, no, the guy that made the plane one, I forget his name, but he actually was a quite a good sport in the end and changed it based on our feedback. So, no, Bobby Evans, he did a YouTube show where he demonstrated how to use the core rulebook of Savage Worlds to make whatever meme content was. Like, so when Mandalorian came out, right, you know what he's going to do is he's going to make a Mandalorian video. How to play Mandalorian in Savage Worlds, like trying to get a clickbait. He even called... Um, uh, he had his a live stream show that was an actual play and he called it like... Uh, rolling criticals or something like this just to try and like leech off the success of critical role he also in a lot of his videos he wanted to have some sort of backdrop right uh so he would just tape things to his wall and he taped the outer packaging for the east texas university maps on his wall so he just had packaging taped to his wall which is deeply strange uh, he made a Kickstarter whereupon he wanted to teach Savage Worlds with the use of puppets for some reason that failed. The logo for which looked like it said Savage Swirls, and uh, he got a lot of shit for it for a long time. Um, but yeah, if, his sort of Savage Worlds involvement finally ended when there was a piece, an art asset included within Savage Worlds for third-party publishers that said Asian Wizard, and he said that he didn't like the pejorative term Asian because it lumps them all into the same area uh while you still using the term white and black so there we go uh yeah so yeah that's that's who bobby evans is if i was going to take him on a dinner date i probably um tie him up put him in the boot of a car drop him off in the middle of nowhere leave him for dead no that is no that's way too extreme sorry uh i don't know chick-fil-a chipotle that's the one he probably like uh, well, Bobby. If you if you look at him, he looks like a man that has lived off fast food, and I think that just any fast food joint would be he would enjoy it. But I would love to. I I invited him on the show and I wanted to interview him, but he just he's a coward. Uh, right. So should we <laughs> should we should we, um, <laughs> should we wrap up there then? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd probably take him to Pizza Hut. I think because uh, it is quite disappointing oh, these days. I mean, if you've been, like, if you went to Pizza Hut in the nineties, that's that was like a delicacy, man. Like now it's like disappointing. So probably that. But yeah. I, know, I know you weren't asking me, but I but no, no, no. I mean, the question was for all of us. But I, I the thing is, Bobby Evans. I don't actually hate him. I, I I'm joking about wanting to tie him up. I would never do that. I don't actually hate him. I just think that he is one of these people that he loves to have a topic to rant about in a typical political fashion of uh, of the nowadays who also makes terrible content that is so bad and so clearly supposed to get clickbait. And he's got... It, it, and, like, he does, you know, the YouTube thumbnails that, like, all the popular people do. Like, he does stuff like that. Oh. And I just find his, his content is sort of like... 
not not in a huge way, but a bit morally reprehensible and a thoroughly annoying. That's mainly what it is. Oh, can I can I add one more thing before we? Of course you can, mate. Uh, I just have uh, you got a question? No, I just wanted to say, um, uh, like, uh, R.I.P. to Kevin Conroy. Who's Kevin Conroy? Batman, Sean? the voice of Batman. Right. He's he's dead. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> All right, let's go to the outro. <laughs> it's hard to believe you were a nerd with no friends or girlfriends in life. So why'd you spend every day indoors acting like a shut-in neat? Look, shut-in and neat are totally different, so stop calling me that, you bimbo! Yeah, so that was an episode. It was. Yeah. Um, We've well done it. Sean? It's certainly one of those, yeah. Still on probation, but it's good to have you here. Uh, thank you. I feel, like you I feel like you actually contributed once. Not as much as Neil James. Can I like, have my super? Not even as much as Fang, who my cat, who's in the room. But, you know, you oh, were no. here. You uh, turned up, you were on time. Can I have my super? Actually, that is... Is all right That's my... quite... What? Shut up a minute. When's lunch? What's he doing? Are you always trying to get free lunch out of us? Why is he doing this at You the should end? pay us we're lunch to be on... Do you, do you know who I am? Fuck you, bloody! No, we've no, got... We sadly. have... Oh, we forgot to... Uh, but yeah... We, we've got tens of listeners, right? This is a platform for you, Sean. Tens of listeners. Most of them me. Our mum listens. Yeah, she she enjoys it. So there is that. And um, So you should be paying... So you're going to buy us lunch. And a bunch of tea boos. What's a tea boo? Like some like weeaboo, but like English version. Yeah. That's pretty good. Tea boo. Wait, is that genuine? Um, Did you make that up? Because that is quite... That's genius. I saw it once on the internet. Oh, oh, you could have... Yeah, you could have taken credit for it, man. But I'm trying to get it going, really. Because it is kind of, like, true. Oh, yeah, Shut right. up, any crap. Yeah. Yeah. Riding about in my wagon. <laughs> but I'm really flagging. Gonna have to go to the pub. Get myself some meat. And I'm gonna have to get myself something that I need some chicken. Drumsticks. There's that woman over there looking real thick. Elf with the big ears. <laughs> right, that's enough of that. Right, I've been Harrison Hunt. Oh, no, no, uh, we need to do contact details. 3trpgpod at gmail.com. Go over to Patreon and donate because uh, Sean really wants a free lunch. And yeah. uh, at the moment, we're, we're not earning enough. Um, James, any other commands? Uh, there's some more commands such as uh, the patron thing, the RPG of the drive-through variety. Go check it out and look. Oh at wait a minute! Now RPG we're in publishing. Yes, thank you for that. Sorry to interrupt you, James. Uh, now we're in the outro. Uh, there was something that Sean did that was stupid the other day that I uh, asked you to take a note of in your phone, and you took a note of it. What was it? Oh my god! Did I forgot. I, I said, can you write this down because I need to no, mention it on the podcast. To, you don't need to do that. It's alright. It's in the outro. Nobody listens to this bit. You can you can say the n word freely if you want. Oh, where is it? What did Sean do? Oh god, that's good. Uh, do you remember Sean, please? Yeah, I do. Yeah. What was it? Uh, it was the trench foot thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you? Oh, Sean thought right because no, he had poor circulation to his foot that he had trench foot. No, I'd, like my that toe. you get from standing in like a muddy trench for hours on end. No, my days. My my toe, my toe, like I had a bit of trench foot. No, you had you athlete's did, foot. That's it. Yeah, you had athlete's you foot. Yeah, had a bit of athlete's foot. Athlete foot. Sorry. And you were like, I've got trench foot. Fuck I had me, trench no, foot. I did have like, That's a such a teenage a touch, exaggeration. A touch of trench. It foot. is, it is, isn't it? I oh, I think I've got the black plate. Why do I have any need to like 
um, uh, exaggerate though. Sure, right? you don't have the black peg. You haven't got trench foot. Go to three T RPG Publishing on Drive Through RPG and buy one of those products. Check out our socials. And please join God, the Discord. Please God, tell your friends. Yeah, join it. Uh, join the Discord. Don't tell your friends. We no, no one has any. We don't. We don't really like each other. It's pretty solitary. <laughs> this is all business. Hobby. <laughs> we only do this for the meager amount that we get on Patreon. Sean needs a free lunch. Goodbye, everyone. Mm. Riding round in a rover. If I see Opsin is over, I'll send man straight to Jehovah when I take shots like M. Sharapova. Doing up tennis. Call man Dennis, I'm a menace. Doing up olives in Venice. Big man ting, I'm bigger than Venice. Stop it. Otherwise, unknown P might bash man's head straight down like a bop it. So make like a Fredo and hop it. Your girl is four foot four and got bare hair on her toes like a hobbit. If I see her in the club, then I'm doing up AJ the way that I weave and bob it. And I'm not from Homerton, not from Hackney. So I never go east, cause bear man try spot P like acne. I'm from Surrey, where me and the man them always go high.